slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is doing well and enjoying the weekend. Uh, tough loss for the Islanders last night, a one nothing loss in a shootout. Yes, Simeon Varlamov uh, gets a shutout and yet gets the loss. Second straight time the Islanders and Capitals went to, a sh- uh, to extra time. Uh, playing three full periods of scoreless hockey. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So, the Islanders fall. We will discuss what happened, what went wrong in this game. Plus, we have to start looking ahead to... Saturday night's game, also against the Capitals, also at the Nassau Coliseum. We will talk about that contest and and some of the things the Islanders will need to do differently if they hope to reverse the the 1-0 loss. Islanders do get a point. They're only one point behind the Capitals, so uh, uh, this is going to be a heck of a three-team, maybe even four-team race for first place in the East down the stretch. We've also got our Islanders birthday of the day, and it is a member of all four Islanders Stanley Cup winning teams, and uh, we will preview the game against the Capitals on Saturday. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to send an email to the show, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I'm also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders game. So... The one nothing loss, the thing that struck me was that in so many ways, this was the same old Islanders. And they came out in the first period and absolutely played very good hockey. In the first period, the Islanders, they outshot Washington 15 to four, 15 to four, and I think in the first five minutes of the game, they had eight shots on goal, and a lot of them were quality opportunities, but this team, unfortunately, struggles 
to put the puck in the net. And, you know, that cannot be the M.O. You, you've got to take advantage of the opportunities that you get. And to, to play a first period that was as dominant as the Islanders played, and to come away with absolutely nothing to show for it, to still be all tied up at 0-0, is a very frustrating thing. And, you know, right now, you look back at the Islanders' last few games, with the exception of that six-goal outburst against the Rangers on Tuesday, the Islanders' offense has been stagnant. They were shut out by the Capitals last night. They scored one goal against Philadelphia uh, on Sunday. Did not score in the shutout loss last Friday to Boston. Scored one goal uh, last Thursday in losing to Boston. Managed three goals against the Rangers in a win. One goal in the Rangers against a lo- in a loss beat the Flyers 3-2 and beat the Capitals 1-0 in overtime uh, back on April the 6th. The bottom line is, right now, the power play and the offense are absolutely struggling. Matt Barzal had officially two shots on goal, but you could see he is pressing right now. He has now gone 10 games without scoring a goal. His last goal that he scored came back on April 1st when he had the hat trick and five points against the Washington Capitals. Since then, he has five assists in those 10 games, but no goals. And the Islanders obviously need more from him. And he had some chances. He had a couple of breakaways. He had another shot in the overtime. But at the end of the day, the Islanders were not able to overcome uh, Washington's 1-3-1 trap. And the frustrating thing from an Islander's perspective is that the Washington Capitals are not known for their defense. And you look at the numbers coming into this game, the... Capitals defense ranked, you know, not very highly. And, you know, they were ranked 21st in the league in goals against. First in goals, 21st in goals against. And, you know, you knew they were playing that 1 3 1 trap, but they played it to perfection. Samsonov stood on his head in that first period. And then the Islanders, it was like the first period, they gave everything they had, and then there was nothing left in the tank. And you look at it, in the first period, Islanders out, shoot Washington 15-4. to In the second, third, and overtime, the Islanders had only 11 more shots, and they were outshot 24-11. to They were fortunate to get to overtime, you got to thank Simeon Varlamov for the outstanding game that he played. But right now, offensively, after the first period, 
the Islanders did not have a lot of chances. The Capitals, not only did they prevent the Islanders from coming through the neutral zone with speed, but once the Islanders did get the puck in the Washington zone, and it didn't happen often after the first period, the Islanders in the second period completely outplayed the third period more even, but anytime the Islanders had the puck in the Washington zone in the third period, they were along the perimeter. And that's why they were outshot in that third period 9-3. to three. Because even though they had zone time, they were unable to get quality scoring chances in that game. And when you are facing a team that's trapping you in the 1-3-1, you have to make adjustments, and the Islanders didn't do it. So we're going to break down this game a little bit more, discuss what went wrong Islanders fall to the Capitals, one to nothing. We've got that. Our Islanders birthday of the day and a preview of Saturday's rematch against the Caps. All that still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season may be over, but the NBA and NHL are in the stretch drive toward the playoffs. Major League Baseball obviously now in full swing as we have reached late April, and the NFL draft is less than a week away. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they'll give you real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it's absolutely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right. They will give you free money to bet with when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. So just to get back to what I was saying with regard to the shot selection, You look at the chart. I always like to look at the shot chart. It tells you a lot about uh, how the game was played. And the Capitals had a lot of quality shots in this game. The Islanders, most of their chances were from the face-off circle and further away than than that. Any, you know, I'm counting five shots all game. From inside the face-off circle, if you make a triangle to the to the goal via the crease, uh, five shots all game. All the rest of them from long range, from the outside, from the point, even uh, one shot from you know the just over the red line, really halfway between the red line and the blue line. So the Islanders not getting those good quality opportunities, and yes, Samsonov played well, especially in the first period. Varlamov was better. He was tested a lot more and with better chances, but the Islanders have got to 
do a few things that they didn't do in this game. Uh, first of all, you look back at the shots that they scored on in the game against the Rangers, where they scored six goals. A lot of those opportunities came on one-timers, and yet they didn't really have any one-timers in this game. They had plenty of chances, never seemed to get shots off when they wanted a one-timer. Uh, so that they've got to do that. And then it's it's the old story. You got to go to the net. You You have to, you know, get those tips, those rebounds, those deflections, and you have got to make life difficult for the opposing goaltender. And quite honestly, they didn't do it. Uh, every Islander forward in this game had at least one shot on goal, but none of them had more than three. And again, it's it's the quality of the chances. And then the power play. Look, we got to talk about this. The Washington Capitals got two power plays in this game that they really didn't deserve with some questionable calls. And, you know, when you look at Matt Barzal, is there any star player in this league that gets less respect from the referees in the NHL than Matt Barzal? Barzy was, you know, tripped up. And he was cross-checked three times during one sequence. And absolutely no call being made by the referees. And the first three power plays of the game went to the Capitals. We talked before this game started about how important the penalty kill was, that the Islanders needed to stay out of the penalty box. Again, out of the three penalties, the one that was legit clearly was the Noah Dobson delay a game. He shot the puck over the glass. Yeah, that's going to, you know, be a penalty every time. It was the right call, but the other two were kind of questionable, and yet the Islanders' penalty kill did do a good job of slowing down the Washington power play, and you could see the Islanders honing in on Alexander Ovechkin. They were determined not to allow OV to get quality uh, shots from his favorite spot near the left circle, where he drifts in a little bit from the point, gets that cross-ice pass, scores on the one-timer or the wrister, and is lethal from that spot. So the penalty kill came up very, very strong. But the power play was an absolute disaster. And they absolutely need to find a way to get the power play going. Power play officially 0 for 2. Both power play opportunities came in the third period. Game obviously scoreless. And the Islanders power play couldn't get the puck into the zone. Was constantly losing those 50-50 battles for pucks along the boards. And could not establish zone time. And on those few occasions when they did establish zone time, what ends up happening? The puck is kept on the perimeter, and again, no real quality scoring chances. I think Kyle Palmieri came the closest with a scoring chance, but 
overall, they just did not get the job done, and it was a very disappointing performance offensively for this New York Islanders team. Uh, they also, you know, weren't as physical as you would like them to be. Four hits each for Kamarov and Martin to tie for the Islanders team lead, but but the physicality wasn't there. Good, by the way, to have Cal Clutterbuck back in the lineup, but overall, the defense was good. Varlamov was excellent, but the offense was absolutely dreadful, and the power play was worse than that. You know, the offense was great in the first period, in the sense of creating chances, but couldn't cash them in, and I was glad to see the Bavillier, uh, Bailey, Pajot line together again, and they had their chances, especially in the first period, but could not convert. All right, we've got more to get to. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and yes, it is a member of all four Islanders Stanley Cup winning teams. Plus, we have our preview of Saturday's rematch with the Capitals. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, and you're going to love so many of them. How about these? Caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, German chocolate, salted caramel, toffee almond, coconut. So many great choices. Some nut-free, some have nuts. All the flavors covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. The bars are all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. That means they're great for the keto diet. Let's talk about the Cherry Barcia flavor. 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. And our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. A member of all four Islanders' Stanley Cup winning teams. I want to wish a very happy 69th birthday to former Islanders center Wayne Merrick. Merrick, a first-round pick of the St. Louis Blues, ninth overall back in 1972. Made his debut with the Blues that year, 72-73. Spent one season with the California Golden Seals, then on to Cleveland when they became the Barons and was acquired mid-season in 1977-78 in a trade with the Barons, and that definitely gave the Islanders some help for that season's stretch drive. Wayne Merrick, fast on his skates, could put the puck in the net, had uh, at least three 20-goal seasons before becoming an Islander, had one more with the Isles in 78-79. So, I mean, not a prolific goal scorer, but a very steady one. Good defensive uh, center, could check, 
And, you know, if you needed offense, he could play that way in a pinch. If you needed checking and defensive play from your center, he definitely could give you that. Stayed with the Isles through 83-84. Finished his NHL career with uh, 774 games played, 191 goals, 456 points. Add 102 playoff games, 19 goals, and 49 points in those. And yes, a member of all four Islanders Stanley Cup winning teams. We're going to go back to remember one of Wayne Merrick's better games with the Islanders, where he came up big. We are going to look at May 12, 1981, Game 1 of the 1981 Stanley Cup Final Islanders hosting the Minnesota North Stars at the Nassau Coliseum. Gilles Malash in goal for Minnesota, while, of course, the Islanders countering with Batlin' Billy Smith. And in the first period, the Islanders took control early. Anders Kaller, his third from Dave Longevin and Butch Goring, just two minutes and 54 seconds into the game, one to nothing Islanders. Then, midway through the period, Bob Bourne takes a five-minute major for spearing. The Islanders are shorthanded. So what happens? They score two shorthanded goals while killing off this penalty. First, Brian Trottier, his 10th from Billy Carroll. And then, uh, less than a minute after that, Anders Kaller, his 4th from Brian Trottier. After 20 minutes, it was 3 to nothing. Islanders and the Coliseum was rocking. In the second period, Billy Carroll adds to the Islanders' lead midway through the period. His third of the playoffs, Dwayne Sutter and Bobby Nystrom with the helpers at 9.58, and it's 4-0 Islanders. But the North Stars did not quit. Kent Eric Anderson, his second of the playoffs from Dino Cicerelli at 13.04, 4-1 Isles after two periods. In the third, Wayne Merrick gets the Islanders' lead extended, his fourth of the playoffs unassisted, just 58 seconds into the third. Islanders held a 5-1 lead. Steve Payne got a power play goal for Minnesota to answer back just a couple of minutes later, but Wayne Merrick strikes again. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, his second of the game, fifth of the playoffs, Dave Longevin and John Tonelli with the assist. Dino Cicerelli adds a late goal, but it wasn't enough. Islanders with a 6-3 win over the Minnesota North Stars to take a 1-0 lead in the Stanley Cup Final back in 1981 as the Islanders were going for their second straight Stanley Cup win. Wayne Merrick, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a plus two, two goals in this game on three shots on goal, and Merrick, uh, also a very nice guy, interviewed him uh, a few years back, uh, deep voice, nice guy, and uh, a very hard-working third-line center for the Islanders during their Stanley Cup years. So, once again, a very happy birthday, uh, a happy 69th birthday to Wayne Merrick, and we wish him many, many happy more. As far as the game on Saturday. The Islanders have to do a few things differently. First off, they've got to figure out a way to counteract that 1-3-1 trap, which after the, you know, first, let's say, 15 minutes of the game, the Islanders weren't able to solve it. And you would think when they came out and were so effective early 
that they could look at the the tape or the film or whatever uh, the 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 playback the replay and and you know learn what they were doing right they have got to be able to do that second the power play has got to get started it is struggling in a big way and they need to be productive they've got to also stay out of the penalty box washington has the number one power play in the league and obviously i think Ilya sorokin will get the call uh, on saturday don't know that for sure we'll let you know on twitter as soon as we know but i think sorokin will get the call was great to have cal clutterbuck back in the lineup for the islanders i expect he will be back again the scratch, though, when Clutter returned was Travis Zajac. And, you know, I didn't think that Zajac would be the first choice to sit, but I wasn't shocked either. I think Zajac returns to the lineup on Saturday and will try to give the Islanders uh, a little bit of uh, juice in his return. Who sits? I don't know. Uncle Leo was back on the first line. I still, you know, he had a good game at times, but I still don't think he's the long-term answer on that first line. Does Uncle Leo sit? Does Michael Dalcole sit? Uh, sit? He also had his moments of effectiveness, but he's so limited offensively. Uh, I wonder about that. Oliver Wallstrom, does he come back into the lineup? Probably not. We know he is struggling. But I think the other thing is this, the Islanders need to get Matthew Barzal going again, 10 games in a row without a goal for Barzi. It's time for him to snap out of this slump and come back uh, and, and get the Islanders back where they want. Right now, you look at the standings, Washington, 64 points. Pittsburgh and the Islanders, 63 points, and Boston, 60 points. This is going down to the wire with these four teams in the battle for the East. We'll be back Monday with a brand new episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll analyze and review Saturday's game, talk about what the playoff picture looks like, and we'll have a whole lot more to talk about as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course... Let's go Islanders.